Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. If you can please turn with me to Luke chapter 21. We're going to pick up in verse 5. Luke 21, verse 5. The title of our message this morning is Signs of His Return. We're told in Scripture that Jesus Christ is coming back to the earth. We're told that He's going to rule and reign in righteousness for a thousand years. We're told as believers in Jesus Christ, those of us that are born again, somehow we're going to, we're going to rule and reign with Him in righteousness. I don't quite fully understand. You know, we're going to be kings, we're going to be priests, we're going to have rule and reign as believers in Jesus Christ for that thousand-year period. But then after the thousand years, we're told, you know, a lot of other things are going to happen, but basically there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth. And in this new heaven, in this new earth, there's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more sorrow. There's going to be no more crying. There's going to be no more pain. And that's forever, ever again. Isn't that comforting to know there's never, ever going to be pain anymore? No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. That's going to be done away. We're going to live in a a world, in the new heaven and new earth, where there's going to be no more of these terrible things. I know a friend of Barry Sanders just uh, passed away, and there's been mourning, there's been crying, there's been weeping. But in the new heaven and new earth, that'll never happen again. We'll never have separation from our loved ones that that love Jesus. We're going to be together forever and ever and ever. Doesn't that sound awesome? Almost too good to be true. But we'll take it. Amen. But when is this going to happen? When is he going to come back? We don't know the exact time. No one knows the time. No one knows the day or the hour. And when people start predicting, you know, Jesus is going to come back on such and such date, don't listen to them because the Bible tells us we don't know. But one thing we do know, we know that there's going to be signs of his return. We're going to have different signs. And in our text here, Jesus is going to point out some of these signs. So let's go take a look and see what Jesus has to say here in our text. Again, Luke 21, verse 5. And it says, Then, as some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and decorations, or donations it is, He said, these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. So they asked him, saying, teacher, but when will these things be? And what signs will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Jesus, take heed that you're not deceived or you not be deceived. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nations will rise against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. I'd like to point out for you note-takers, this Most of this chapter is considered the Olivet Discourse. And the reason why it's called the Olivet Discourse is because Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives as he was teaching. Kind of, I just put a little picture up. Obviously, that's not Jesus, so don't, you know, 
But uh, just kind of a view of what it would have looked like. Jesus is sitting there. He's talking to his disciples about end times. And uh, for you note-takers, the word discourse, just uh, I had to look it up. It means a written or spoken communication or speaking on a topic with authority. And that's exactly what was happening. Jesus was talking about a topic. And the topic on the... On the mountain as he was sitting there, the topic was end-time events, prophecy. He was telling them about what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen near to his second coming. I want to, you know, also before we get too far, uh, Luke's account is very limited. We have a very, uh, you know, we've got a very limited account here. Matthew 24 and 25 gives us a much more detailed account. And I want to point this out because it makes it clear that he is talking about his return. He's talking about the ends of age. This is the same account we're looking at with more detail. So here in Matthew 24, 3, I want to read it to you. It says, now as he, Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, as we just looked at, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? He just told them that the temple is going to be destroyed, as, as we looked at in our text. And he's telling them, you know, this is going to happen, but, you know, he's telling them about, and they're asking about the signs of his second coming and also the end of the age. So as we look at these things, these are signs of his second coming, the end of the age, and also a sign of the destruction of the temple. So with that in mind, let's go back. Let's look at, in our text, look at verse 5 again. Then, as some spoke of the temple how it was adorned with beautiful stones and decorations, or donations, actually, the donations that they use for decorations. He said, these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Get the picture. Jesus is there. He's with his disciples. They're talking about how beautiful the temple is. It's, it's a beautiful uh, structure. And they're saying, it's so wonderful, it's so beautiful. Look at the stones. The stones, you know, some say that some of these stones were like 80 tons, some of the bigger stones. These were huge, massive stones. And they're just just like in awe of it. But Jesus kind of blows up this whole thing and says, well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be destroyed. Not one stone is going to be left upon another. I just want to, as I'm looking through, just kind of get a picture of this is a little uh, miniature Temple. This is most likely what it would have looked like. How beautiful is that? That's the, you know, if you look at the gold, the doors are all gold. There's just a beautiful structure. And it would have looked something like that there on the Temple Mount. But, but Jesus is saying it's going to be destroyed. And that's unheard of. It took years to build this. And, and Jesus is predicting it. And 40 years later, this temple was destroyed by the Roman soldiers. Most of you know, 70 AD, they went in, they, they set Jerusalem on fire, they set the temple on fire. There was a rebellion they were trying to stop and, uh, and it ended up being a, a fire to destroy the temple. The, the fire was so bad, all the gold melted, so the, the commander ordered that the stones would be taken off from one another to get all the gold that was, that was seeping in through the crevices. So they had to pull every stone. So just as Jesus said... It took place in 70 A.D., and then I just grabbed another picture that I found there. So it happened just as Jesus said. But look at verse 7 again, 7 and 8. So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but when will these things be again? What will be the signs? And Jesus says, Take heed, let no one deceive you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And they'll draw them to themselves. He says, Don't go after these guys. So the first, if you're taking note, 
The first sign that we'll see, religious deception and false messiahs. One of the most important questions you can ask yourself is who is Jesus Christ? And what you believe about that question will determine where you will spend all eternity. What do you say about Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? Many are going to say that he's somebody else. I'm sure you hear today, many people say that all religions basically are good. Do you hear people say that? All religions, oh, basically all religions are good. You know, as long as you're a good person, I try to be better than the next person, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it it depends on what we believe in Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? Many believe, I've heard people say to me, oh, you know, Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, you know, they're all the same. They all just believe in Jesus, right? Do you know that the Mormons believe, up up in your screen, Jesus is the brother of Lucifer, They also believe that no man will enter into heaven without the consent of their founder, Joseph Smith. And he's known as the gatekeeper of heaven. I remember about five years ago, I was teaching on this, and we're at the women's club, and someone brought a guest, you know, for the first time, Rachel, actually. I don't know if she's here today or not, but she brought a guest, a friend of hers, and she asked her after the service, well, what do you think about the service? She says, well, I I thought it was real good other than your pastor kind of insulted my religion. I'm a Mormon. And she goes, the strangest thing, she goes, there must be something about this because he's never, that I know, have talked about Mormons. And she says, so let's go talk to him about that. So she brought this young lady, this lady up. And, and so I started sharing her about the Mormon faith. And she, you know, we're going back and forth and she's like scratching her head. And then uh, Chad used to, you know, Pastor Chad from the youth group, he came out of the Mormon church. So I said, Pastor Chad, come here, I want to introduce you. I introduced them. And he just went through all this stuff, you know. So remember, you know, I used to do this and used to do that. And she says, yeah. And he says, that's, it doesn't make sense because of this. And she's like, yeah, you're right, you're right. And that lady prayed to receive Jesus Christ right then and there. And the awesome thing is, and I seen her not too long ago, she's still plugged in and she's still walking with Jesus. It's a different Jesus. There's religious deception and it's a false Messiah. What about the Jehovah's Witnesses? They believe Jesus is Michael the archangel in human form. They don't believe in the Trinity. They believe the Trinity was invented by Satan. Notice I use not a capital S, but a lowercase s in that name. And the Holy Spirit is just a force and not part of the Trinity. Different Jesus. Many will come in his name. Many will say, this is, this is Jesus. This is, it's the wrong Jesus. It's religious deception. How about Muslims? Well, there's all kinds of different Muslims, but uh, most of them believe that Jesus was just a good prophet, right? Many of them believe that Jesus will return soon along with their Islamic Messiah, the 12th Imam. And they believe that Jesus will be, only be his helper. You believe that? They, believe Je- they believe in Jesus Christ, he's a prophet, but they believe that he's going to come back with their false Messiah, basically, and just be like a sidekick, a helper, a different Jesus, religious deception. Before I go to the next point, I'd like to point out that uh, in Matthew 24, also, Jesus mentions that these, uh, these signs are going to be like birth pangs. It's called the beginning of sorrows. Literally, they're birth pangs. They're like contractions. They're going to they're increase in intensity and frequency. So are we seeing these things increase? I believe so. I believe a religious deception is just growing and growing and growing. You know, we get, 
Christianity is almost like a bad word in, in many cases. Being a Christian, they're like, really? If you're, if you're a true born-again Christian, it's like, wow, you're just like narrow-minded. How about the name of Jesus? Do you ever notice how people react when you just say Jesus? Do you ever do that in a public place? You just start talking, yeah, Jesus. Everybody just stops and looks at you like. I'm like, are we in America? The name of Jesus you can't say in America? People stop like, like you just said a cuss word or something, but talk about anything you want. But don't talk about the name of Jesus Christ because at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he's Lord. And there's so much religious deception going on that it's almost a bad word. It's almost like you say Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. People think, wow, this guy's narrow-minded. They're not, you're not open. No, it's religious deception. And many believe in a false messiah. Let's look at their text again, verse 9. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified. The second sign, wars and commotions. Most of us know what the word war is, battles, fights. It means warfare. Uh, This word also can mean a single encounter or series of encounters. But commotions, check out the word commotions. I looked it up. The original word means instability, a state of disorder, disturbance, and confusion. We're not seeing that today, are we? Sure we are. It seems like just about every day in the news, there's something going, there's conflicts all around the world, isn't there? Syria and Africa, Afghanistan, Israel, France, as we just saw, amazing. Are they increasing? As Jesus said, they would increase. Well, check this out, 2003. We set a world record for the number of terrorist events, 175. 2004, it increased to 655, breaking another world record. 2005, it increased fourfold to 11,100. 2006, it increased another 25%, over 14,000 terrorist events. And then you'd say, well, what about today? How's it going today? Well, here's a, a news article that came out this year, the beginning of this year, It says, the DNI, 2014 was the deadliest year for terror attacks in 45 years. Now, I just want to read just a little bit. It says, terrorist attacks and and resulting deaths increased sharply last year. According to statistics made public Thursday at the Director of National Intelligence, it says, when the final count is done, 2014 will have been the most lethal year of global terror in 45 years such data has been compiled. The, uh, the DNI director, James Clapper, told Congress, adding that about half of all attacks took place in three states, Iraq, Pakistan, and Afghanistan. Is it increasing? I would say so. I'm not going to go through all of this, but this is the same report. Clapper uh, added these things to cyber attacks. It says that cyber attacks from both states, uh, groups are frequent, sophisticated. Russia is among the the most sophisticated cyber warfare state and is preparing to attack critical infrastructures such as grids, air traffic control, oil, gas, distribution. It says the cyber threat posed by uh, Moscow is more severe than we have ever seen previously. China, they're in on this uh, cyber attack. It's a major threat. Also, the Sunni Muslims, they're, they're attacking making attacks. North Korea tells that they're a serious threat. Russia, they have a new missile that uh, violates the 1987 
uh, nuclear treaty, and then China and Russia are increasingly threats. I said I wouldn't read it all, so I did only about 70% of it. <laughs> but the last one, I just want to read it again. China and Russia are increasingly threatening U.S. strategic space systems with anti-satellite weapons. Is it increasing? I just, I don't want to overload you with all these articles, but these are, this, is, this just came out the other day, November 13th. Hezbollah has over 150,000 missiles pointed at Israel. Russia's intelligence says that ISIS has 80,000 jihadists in Iraq and Syria. Do we think that these things are increasing? Muslims declare war in France. That was, yesterday, that was Friday. It said it was a bloodbath, as you saw in the news. That gives you all the details of it. This was an interesting one. Russia TV accidentally broadca- broadcast plans for a massive nuclear torpedo. And it tells all about how they accidentally, BBC accidentally picked it up uh, when they, it was a mistake, but uh, basically that they have a system of some kind of a plan for a nuclear attack. And these are mainstream. You might be thinking, well, where is he getting all this? This is main, This is the Jerusalem Post. This is uh, Breitbart. This is you know, Fox News and other, this mainstream media. Wars and rumors of wars, commotions. Nine countries are known to have nuclear weapons. Did you know this? That we have enough nuclear warheads to kill the human race 50 times over? Not to mention Russia and Iran are on the northern border of Israel right now, possibly uh, fulfilling Ezekiel 38 and 39. So it appears wars and commotions have increased. Let's look back at verse 11. How about earthquakes in various places? You know, when you see that, I know sometimes I think, well, we've always had earthquakes, right? You know, that's, how can that be a sign of his coming? Earthquakes, every, you know, they've been going on for a long time. Well, are they increasing? Do we have any indication that they're increasing? Well, I know just by hearing the news and watching, you know, news reports, it seems like it is, but is it in the news? Yeah. Big earthquakes double in 2014, and it goes on talking about how we've had more earthquakes than ever before since uh, 1979. They're just increasing. A global surge of great earthquakes, 2004 through 2014, says the last 10 years have been a remarkable time of great earthquakes. Since December of 2004, there has been no less than 18 Uh, 8.0 or greater magnitude, a rate of more than twice as seen from from the 1900s to the mid-2004. So yes, so earthquakes are increasing. And it says, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. Famines and pestilence. What's that? Famines are hunger or scarcity of food, and harvests, pestilence, are strange afflictions or diseases. Are we seeing that at all? We have a major, they're saying that we have a major food shortage. That because of the weather, because of different things that we're, you know, we're running out of food. Uh, this is something I didn't know. Maybe you knew this already. There's just different reports. This is just recent news. June 2015. But did you know this? that nearly half our population, 2.8 billion people, survive on less than $2 a day? Is that shocking to you? 
2.8 billion people, they survive on less than $2 a day. About 20% of their world population, that's 1.2, they live on less than $1 a day. And nearly 1 billion people are illiterate, and 1 billion do not have safe drinking water. That's a lot. One last thing. According to the UN World Food Program, they reported that their food reserves are at the all-time lowest in 40 years. So that's famine. Then you've got pestilence. This is the report by the World Health Organization. 39 million people have died of AIDS or HIV. Some 75 million people still have the virus around the world. Then you've got Ebola virus and different things going on. Let's go on to our next thing. You have fearful sights. So that's our last one. We're going to look at the last sign we'll look at this morning is the fearful sights. What's that? That, that which strikes terror. I find it interesting, you know, the terrorist attacks. What are terrorist attacks all about? To, to strike terror. Totally striking terror. I think of ISIS and, you know, do we... I don't know if you've realized that just recently in the news they're saying, you know, yeah, global warming is probably our biggest threat. I'm like, well, what about terror? What about, you know, people being beheaded for their faith? What about people being crucified? Today... People being burned alive. It, it's to strike terror. We're, we're seeing this. Is it increasing? Yes, we just looked at that. Terror attacks are increasing around the world. I find very interesting, a couple of things that I, I find very interesting. Jesus, as he's giving this teaching, as he's talking about all these things, he's sitting on the Mount of Olives, the very place that Zechariah 14 says, the very place Jesus is going to come back, his second coming, right there he's on the Mount of Olives. The place he's going to come back when he, in his uh, second coming is the Mount of Olives. He's going to put his foot on the Mount of Olives and it's going to totally split open. And I find it fascinating when I, when I first read that, that here he is, he's there talking about these things. Yeah, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And the whole time he realizes he's going to come back, he's going to step on the earth, and he's going to make everything right, and he's going to make everything new as he's giving this discourse. Another thing I want to point out before we wind this down is that all these things, I believe, they're going to, you know, they're increasing, increasing. But if you go to Revelation chapter 6, why don't we turn there? Why don't you turn there with me? Revelation chapter 6. I just want to read it to you. It says, Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals. So these are the seal judgments during the time of tribulation. And I said, I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, to behold, a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and to conquer. So we're talking about false prophets. Well, this is the ultimate fulfillment. This is the Antichrist. He's going to come and he's going to conquer. We talk about war. He's going to conquer and make war. So that's the fulfillment of that. Verses uh, 3 and 4 also uh, talks about wars and commotions. And then skip down to verse 5 if you can, please. And it says, when he opened the third seal... I heard the living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius 
and do not harm the oil or the wine. This is a food shortage. They don't have enough food, so you see the famine taking place, and I think that's the ultimate fulfillment of this. What's the good news? We're to look up, and I believe that means just keep your eyes on Jesus. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. Glory.